This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution, resolve to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe it'll help you lose weight, stop smoking, or whatever else you're hoping to improve next year. And maybe it won't, but you'll never know if you don't leave a review right now. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, December 28th. I'm Greg Ott. This is a special episode of The Latest. As 2020 draws to a close, we'd like to take a look back at some of the biggest stories and trends that we covered this year. Not because we're trying to juke our SEO stats, but because we'd like to create a time capsule that we'll open one day in the future to infect our friends and neighbors. And because we didn't do one of these episodes for our first season, it's officially our first annual, second annual year in review. In January, Boeing suspended the production of its 737 MAX airliner after multiple problems with a software update that greatly improved the plane's rate of descent. But don't worry, on Tuesday, December 30, American Airlines will be reintroducing the aircraft into its U.S. fleet. So whether it plunges into a mountain or crashes into the ocean, 2021 will likely begin with a bang or a splash. The start of 2020 also gave us an early glimpse into the Jackson 5 days of the coronavirus, with its humble beginnings as a young talent that would eventually blossom into the full Michael Jackson, a household name that reached every corner of the earth, touched a great many of us, and left behind an irreparable trail of damage. February officially kicked off the 2020 presidential election with the botched Iowa caucuses, which featured a malfunctioning app that inaccurately reported that a landlocked cornfield with less than 1% of the nation's population deserves to determine the best person to chart a course for its remaining 325 million neighbors. It was also the month that more than 1,000 former prosecutors and Justice Department officials called for the resignation of Bill Barr after the Attorney General sought lenient punishments for convicted felons like Roger Stone and Michael Flynn, such as a mandated two-year minimum friendship with the My Pillow guy. Barr ultimately, you can't fire me, I quit in mid-December, in hopes that his newfound conscience would earn him a refill of brandy in the barrel strapped around his neck. In March, everything came to a complete stop, as the COVID-19 pandemic replaced office small talk, like, I hope it doesn't rain tonight, with work-from-home Slack chat small talk, like, I hope my Nazi governor doesn't make me cover my mouth at the Burger King drive through because if they can't understand my order, they're not an essential worker. While stuck at home, many chose to binge Tiger King on Netflix, which was released the first week of quarantine, which still serves as a reminder to those who have since watched Tenet, The Midnight Sky, and Wonder Woman 1984 of what it was like when streaming services released content throughout the pandemic that people actually enjoyed. As the virus raged on through April, citizens across the country poured into the streets in mass opposition to the year's headline-grabbing injustice not being able to get a haircut. Safeguards that were implemented in the interest of public health, kind of like when a coming soon sign appears in front of what's about to become a joint KFC Taco Bell as a means of caution, were protested by citizens who believe that the masks that prevent large infected droplets from spreading in the open air 
pose a greater danger to others than the bullets contained within the guns they carried that were purchased without a background check. April also brought to light the need for improved vote-by-mail options for the November election, which sought to exchange that I voted sticker that you wear on your shirt for more than a week to showcase the fact that you've done your bare minimum civic duty for a stamp. Those things that you're supposed to buy almost anywhere that nobody seems to actually sell. In May, we covered the rise of the QAnon mass delusion across websites like Facebook, apps like Facebook, and social media platforms like Facebook. For Facebook, it was a match made in heaven, as the Venn diagram of people who believe that Tom Hanks is a pedophile who sips on the blood of unborn children out of a tall Collins glass at the Clinton family's secluded New York estate, and the people who still think that Facebook is just a popular, fun means of staying in touch with the people who used to live in your apartment building that you never bothered to get to know in real life, resembles a perfect circle. But since that episode aired, multiple QAnon supporters have been elected to Congress, presumably thanks to their catchy promise of a chicken in every pot, a car in every garage, and a suicide bomber outside of every 5G tower in Nashville. In June, the nation descended upon the Mall of America in Minnesota, as officers casually stood by to watch policeman Derek Chauvin murder George Floyd. Citizens around the world took to the streets in protest of the USA's casual indifference towards what was laid out in the Declaration of Independence as the country's alleged inalienable rights. Because even if a black person is afforded liberty and the opportunity to pursue happiness, they still need that life part. As demonstrations bled into July, those seeking to build a more perfect union sought to excise harmful symbols of our troubled past by taking down Confederate statues throughout the country. But many Republicans, such as President Trump and Senator Roy Blunt, defended the honor of such historical figures, believing if they're not able to revisit the past, they won't know how to recreate their actions. The summer also forced congressional hearings against the major big tech companies, forcing Facebook to decide whether they're the preeminent propaganda exchange for media illiterate baby boomers, oblivious suburbanites, and unpopular millennials, or something else altogether that hasn't been invented yet. August brought forth allegations of insider trading at Kodak. That one-time household name like Kevin Spacey that's still around somewhere apparently, after executives got stock options just before receiving a contract to produce chemicals for drug ingredients that can help ward off COVID-19 as long as you remember to load them properly. While those executives were ultimately cleared of wrongdoing, it served as a reminder that sitting senators like Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue of Georgia have made millions of dollars while trading stocks as members of Congress. Perhaps they've come around to the idea of a $2,000 coronavirus stimulus check because they might cover the brokerage fee should they decide to pick up a few loose shares of Monsanto, Enron, or any of the other types of companies that seem to espouse their values. In September, Amy Coney Barrett replaced Ruth Bader Ginsburg as the Megablox knockoff of a Lego Supreme Court justice. Barrett underwent criticism for ties to an extreme religious sect. But it turns out that The Handmaid's Tale was not, in fact, inspired by Barrett's group, known as People of Praise, but was instead based on a different group, called People of Hope. It's an important distinction that should straighten out that only one of these brainwashed cults opposes gay marriage, while the other one opposes same-sex marriage. Climate change, that thing on your back that you pretend is a mole that you know deep down is malignant, also grabbed headlines in September as the West Coast struggled to contain out-of-control wildfires, with annual flare-ups that are beginning to resemble seasons of The Simpsons, an ongoing shame 
with no end in sight, that were totally helpless to stop. In October, Mr. Trump contracted COVID-19 because he must have stopped washing his hands at the 29-second mark just one time. The end of the year also saw a domestic terrorist kidnapping plot planned by a Michigan militia in response to the COVID-19 restrictions that they hoped would incite a second civil war in a 2020 mad lib of a sentence that's only missing the words tick and talk. November brought forth the defeat of Donald Trump, a historically unpopular one-term president whose selfishness, indifference, nepotism, incompetence, racial invective, and questionable fashion earned him a measly 74,222,593 votes from our friends, family, neighbors, and co-workers. President-elect Joe Biden, a four-decades-long Washington, D.C. veteran and Halloween decoration that we decided to keep propped up for the next four years, has a mandate to move forward with his mission of restoring the soul of the nation, meaning that once the pandemic's finally under control, we'll get back to those time-honored American traditions of pretending that unions still have power, yelling at waiters for bringing us the meal we ordered incorrectly because we didn't bother to read the menu, and believing that movies based on comic books embody our nation's greatest contributions to art and culture. In December, HBO Max upset Hollywood when it announced that it would be releasing blockbuster movies directly onto its streaming service. Meaning, if you really want to watch Godzilla take on King Kong while enjoying a stale hot dog that's been fondled by a teenager, you'll need to swing by 7-Eleven first. And finally, to put an end to our long national nightmare, multiple COVID-19 vaccines were approved for safe production. And as states continue to struggle with storage, distribution, and opposition to taking the vaccine itself, there's still a good chance that the COVID-19 pandemic will, at long last, finally be under control just in time for COVID-29 to emerge from a bowl of raccoon stew. Will 2021 look like the 2021 of Johnny Monomic, with people wearing face masks, corrupted information spreading throughout the world, and Keanu Reeves continuing to find work? Or will 2021 look more like the 2021 of Mission to Mars? Somewhat enjoyable, completely forgettable, but ultimately not a drag on our souls. Stay tuned to the latest with Greg Ott for a full report next year. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson hey, Twitter, Twitter update. World. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter, Twitter world. world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Joe DiCristoforo, the host of Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson, available on Apple Podcasts. Joe, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Greg. Great to be here. On Thursday... O.J. lamented the media's coverage of what he perceives to be trivial issues. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, woke up this morning, went through my normal routine, uh, scrolling the sports channels and the news channels. And uh, on the news channel, one station is obsessed with Hunter Biden. I care as much about Hunter Biden as I cared about Billy Carter or Stormy Daniel. Who cares? Stop wasting taxpayers' money on these frivolous things and focus on COVID and focus on getting these um, uh, businesses open and getting money into people's hands. Stop with this crap. I'm just saying, <laughs> take care. Joe, what do you think about what OJ had to say? As a historian, I got to tell you that this is nothing new. Uh, John Quincy Adams had a brother that was considered wicked and uh, very mean. Ulysses Grant also had a brother that had a share of problems. So it's a problem that's never going to go away. 
Billy had a great story in the sense that he was able to, uh, in the end, overcome his alcohol problems and help others. Stormy Daniels, I guess we're going to see where that goes, but she did get her 130000 from what I hear. As far as uh, Hunter's concerned, yeah, OJ's right. He hasn't been charged yet. It's just clogging up a bunch of Twitter feeds that most of us don't care about. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Joe, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Greg. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. O.J. Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. To all my listeners, thank you so much for listening. I, I, I have an outro every week, but I really mean it. I really thank you for listening. I have a lot of plans for the show next year. I'd love for even more people to listen to it. It really does mean a lot to me if you would share it with your friends, leave a review, anything to... Uh, to help this thing uh, blossom like a beautiful flower, like like the beautiful flower that you are, frankly. What a, boy, what a happy new year we're going to have. Latestpod.com is the website for the show. I'm at underscore Gregot. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean you'll be... See, see, see you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And you know what? I was, I was trying to do a happy new year thing, but I, I already blew it. There. Congrats. <laughs>